0: Welcome once again to At Home in Your Hymnal. This is Pastor Clint Poppy. Along with me is Pastor Adam Moline. We are privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. At Home in Your Hymnal is a program designed to help you be more comfortable with the way Lutherans worship a distinctive liturgical style of worship, a Christ filled sacramental incarnational worship that sometimes catches people off guard. People come in to to our congregation and many congregations in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and they might be a bit befuddled because we worship out of a book. It's called a hymnal. Liturgies, songs, prayers uh, over the centuries are compiled in a book. We use the hymnal for worship, and the hymnal that we use at Good Shepherd and throughout the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, is Lutheran Service Book, LSB. At Home in Your Hymnal is a program designed to help you be a little more at home in your hymnal, whether it be in the divine worship services or at home with your family, personal devotions and the like. Through the uh, pandemic times, more and more people have utilized a hymnal in the home, and that's a really good thing, something really good that has come out of it. For the last several episodes, we have been working hard to work our way through some Lutheran hymns, uh, Lutheran hymns that we think every Lutheran should consider, knowing, learning, and memorizing. We're looking at Reformation hymns right now, and today we're going to park the car at LSB 668. LSB 668, rise, rise. To arms with prayer, employ you. It's a a catchy title. It gets you uh, going right off the bat. And uh, you may have noticed in our intro to our program today the organ prelude for this hymn. This tune might sound a little bit familiar. Pastor, let's talk a little bit about this tune before we uh, dig into the words of uh, the different stanzas in this great hymn. What can you tell us about the tune?
1: Well, the tune uh, for this particular hymn doesn't actually belong to this hymn. It belongs to another hymn that was written much earlier um, that is actually designated for the last Sunday of the church year. It's written by a guy named Philip Nicolai, uh, who is born in 1556 and died in 1608. And so he'd be just right after the time of Martin Luther. Um, He uh, had a lot of interesting events that took place in his life. He was in the... uh, He's fled away from the Spanish army. He uh, sparred with Roman Catholic and Calvinist appoint, uh, opponents and ministered to plague-stricken congregations. Uh, the tune, uh, Walk it Off" is what the name is of the tune in German. Uh, it's a, a tune that goes with the hymn, Wake, awake, for night is flying. Another um,
0: another great uh, hymn in Lutheranism that uh, when we get to our Advent and end of the church year hymns, we'll certainly yeah. cover that hymn. It's, it's
1: the hymn that's designated, uh, you know, throughout Lutheran history for the last Sunday of the church year. Bach does a great cantata. In fact, probably his very best cantata is on this hymn, "Wachet auf, uh, Wake awake for night is flying for the last Sunday of the church year. And so that's the tune uh, that is uh, borrowed uh, for this particular hymn.
0: And uh, in uh, my Lutheran worship hymnal companion, the uh, quote, uh, very little is written about the tune, but um, it says it bears some resemblance to the Silberweisse by Hans Sachs, 1494 to 1576, and it says the cobbler poet of Nuremberg Winterfelt and I don't know who that is Winterfelt says it is the greatest and most solemn melody of evangelical Christendom and uh, that's pretty high praise right there
1: and and it's probably not underselling things i mean this is Uh, I've seen it used in weddings, I've seen it used in funerals, I've seen it used for uh, church. Um, Hopefully the wedding and the funeral
0: weren't the same service. No, that's (laughs) a different movie.
1: Um, I mean, and so, you know, maybe we'll see if we can find a copy of it here to listen. Even the way that Bach took that tune and uh, layered it with other tunes to uh, bring about that beautiful cantata that he wrote is just amazing. It's a work of genius and masterpiece that uh, uh, the church Really hasn't surpassed since, and I, I suppose that's a reasonable reason to steal the tune and write your own hymn to it. But, uh, uh you know, in, in some cases, too, you have a hymn that is so well known and so important that uh, uh, it's a little dangerous to steal it as well. That's why we don't sing different hymn tunes to a mighty fortress, you know, like, um, uh, Silent night or I,
0: I can't even do it, it right it, but yeah. it, it just it doesn't work. Yeah, they don't they don't fit. And it's amazing too that this particular tune uh you can play it slow and dramatic uh almost like a dirge and you can play it Uh, festive and upbeat and uh, you know with uh, timpani and trumpets and it's a majestic this this tune can be used and utilized in so many different ways and I think that speaks to the reason why we're still talking about it uh, many centuries after it was written. The uh, author of the particular hymn that is before us, LSB 668, Rise to Arms with Prayer, Implore You, is a gentleman by the name of Wilhelm Erasmus Ahrens, 1677 to 1721. Pastor, um, we don't know a whole lot about this gentleman. Do uh, do you have any comments about, uh, about the particular author of this hymn?
1: You know, we don't know a whole lot. Uh, You can see his life wasn't terribly long, you know, uh, just 44 years. Uh, He lives uh, at a time uh, that Bach is also writing his music, and so it would kind of give you a time frame of his life, uh, 1677 to 1721. Uh, He's just a pastor at a little town called Langenstein, which is Neil Halberstad. He did go to the University of Halle. He met people there um, that uh, we've done some hymns for here previously previously and uh you know mostly what he's known for is uh you know, this hymn here and uh, one or two other ones, uh, a couple of which are still only in the German, but uh, uh, they they are there as
0: well. He was a pastor. He was a son of a pastor. He was a faithful pastor. And uh, one little tidbit that I found was that he was a student of August Hermann Franca in Halle. And uh, he was uh, a part of a kind of a wider school of pietistic poets. And uh, I think that... um, One of the things that we need to encourage our people, pastors and lay people alike, is to be more familiar with music, be more familiar with poetry, and there are many, many wonderful Christian hymns yet to be written. And it is a seeming lost art in our church. The um, LSB 668, Rise to Arms with Prayer, Employ You, it is in... Lutheran worship, the hymnal that uh, was right before LSB, as uh, LW 303, and the hymn is exactly the same. In TLH, the uh, earlier hymnal, 1941, the Lutheran hymnal, it is hymn 444, and it has a fourth verse. And so hopefully we'll have time to examine that fourth verse from. TLH, that didn't make its way into LW or LSB. Pastor, uh, let's take a look at stanza one of Rise to Arms with Prayer, Implore You, so that we can uh, listen to that full verse before we go into our first break.
1: Rise to arms with prayer, employ you. O Christians, lest the foe destroy you. For Satan has designed your fall. Wield God's word, the weapon glorious. Against all foes be thus victorious, for God protects you from them all. Fear not the hordes of hell. Here is Emmanuel. Hail the Savior. The strong foes yield to Christ our shield, and we the victors hold the field.
0: Okay, we've got some marvelous, marvelous imagery here. Uh, Rise to Arms. Might uh, we might think that this is a call to riot, a call to anarchy? Uh, you know, we should take matters into our own hands. But that line and it just intrigues me. With prayer, employ you. I don't know that I have ever thought of prayer employing me. Or, but you know, when we hear employment, we think of work and prayer as a work. And here, a weapon of the Christian. Your thoughts on that line?
1: Well, I, th- I think it's a, a fine way to say it um, in, in this regard. Prayer is nothing more than the voice of faith. And so when we hear God's word and it creates and sustains faith within us through the work of the Holy Spirit— that faith does speak to God, and that's what prayer is. And I know that lots of times in our world, because of our sinful nature, we have to uh, uh, really force ourselves to pray, and we have to uh, work hard at it. It's not something that comes simple. And yet, um, no one can say Jesus is Lord or even speak to God without that faith in their heart. And that's that's the truth. And so, in that regard, um, it is a weapon. So long as we understand, it is the voice of faith that comes through hearing the word. And I think. Maybe a little bit here, further on, that idea is going to be brought forward
0: as well. Yeah, it's uh, It's very common in evangelical circles to talk about being a prayer warrior for someone. And, it's, and that's more of a pietistic view of things. It's it's a pietistic view, and it almost becomes meaningless because that phrase is thrown about there. Here, uh, the the content of the prayer is not only my feelings and my emotions, and we're going to get into this very, very clearly, the the content and the power of prayer is the very word of god we rise to arms with prayer lest o oh christians lest the foe destroy you and then we know who the foe is for satan has designed your fall This is very, very clearly brought out in Scripture. Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And what he wants to devour is you, dear Christian. He wants your soul. We'll look more at stanza one when we come back from our break. But let's listen to it now as we go into our first break. Welcome back. This is At Home in Your Hymnal, Episode 49. We're looking at Lutheran hymns. We're looking at Lutheran hymns every Lutheran should know. We're looking at specifically hymns of the Reformation. Today, we are looking at hymn LSB 666. 668 rise to arms with prayer employ you we have a uh, very very familiar tune it is a uh, tune that many uh, Lutherans know from a different hymn, uh, Hymn, Wake, Awake, For Night is Flying. We talked a little bit about the author. We talked a little bit about the tune. And we just started to dig into stanza one. We heard that in its entirety as we went to our first break. We heard uh, part of it as we came back from that break. And that, uh, that first verse, first stanza, Rise to arms with prayer, implore you, O Christians, lest the foe destroy you, for Satan has designed your fall. Satan has his bullseye on every Christian. He wants Christians to forsake the faith and to spend eternity in hell with him. Now, unlike the pietistic... um, idea of being a prayer warrior, and I mean that can be understood in a, in a very good way or in a, a, a very silly way, but the next line in stanza one really kind of completes the kind of warrior that LSB 668 is talking about. Wield God's word, the weapon glorious. Pastor, can you help us connect how the Word of God, the Bible, fits into the prayer life of a Christian. It would seem like the Word is one thing and prayer is another thing. How are the two connected?
1: Well, they are very connected because all prayer has its source and beginning in the scriptures themselves. And I think a good place for our listeners to go look at that, if they go to Google and they search Master Peter the Barber, uh, how to pray, uh, they'll find a, a document written by Martin Luther called A Simple Way to Pray, where he explains that very thing. The way that you pray is to learn the scriptures and to take the scriptures and build them into your prayers. And so, um, you know, uh, a good example, a familiar psalm Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, and you can take those words from the psalm and build them into a prayer that actually has to do with what's going on in your own life, and your own faith world, and things like that. And you could do that with any part of Scripture, truth be told, if you think about it and take the time to do so. And that's the way you learn how to pray then, is to listen to what God says in his word, and then take that and use it in the way that you talk back to God. God loves to hear what he has already told you, uh, kind of the same way that a parent loves to hear what they've told their children as well.
0: The word of God not only informs our prayer life, uh, it shapes and and forms us into the the kind of piety that God would desire of any Christian, but even more so, the word of God is the power of, in prayer it's not my my blood sweat and tears my emotions my feelings that make prayer efficacious it is the power of god's word and that's exactly what this uh, first stanza talks uh, talks about wield god's word the weapon glorious against all foes be thus victorious for god protects you from them all. What is it that is actually protecting the Christian from the old evil foe, Satan himself, his minions, and uh, the world and our flesh uh, that are connected to that?
1: Well, the truth be told, uh, the thing that actually does protect us is Jesus Christ himself who has conquered over the foe, crushed the serpent's head, uh, and risen from the dead to live to tell about it. And so, you know, that's the thing we need to be very careful with here is to not think that, you know, I'm going to destroy Satan by my prayers. I'm not going to destroy Satan by using God's word. Christ is the one who's going to do that for us and on our behalf. And it's good for us then to also be in the word and to pray and to use the word so long as we keep the victor, uh, the one maybe even the victor is not the right word, the reason that we're saved is because of what Jesus has done only. And we can't insert ourselves into that in any such way uh, or earn our justification by our works. But having been justified, then we're free then to use the word the same way that Christ would, knowing that he's going to use it properly for our good.
0: It's, uh, it's helpful for me to think of prayer in a law gospel format because God commands us to pray. Uh, He commands his children, Christians, to pray. Uh, When you pray, pray thus. Pray without ceasing. Um, Our prayers are commanded by God. And so I think sometimes that's what makes it a drudgery for us. But at the same time, God gives a promise. He promised that he will always hear our prayers in the same way that a father hears his dear children when they come to him in, uh, in any kind of a Uh, request or supplication and our father in heaven has proven his love for us in the gift of his son The power is in the Word of God, and when we realize that Jesus is the Word made flesh for us, so many of those dots are connected. And when we pray from our own power and our own strength, our prayers are weak or even meaningless. But when we pray shaped by and flowing from the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God, our prayers are powerful, and they protect us. The... uh, rest of stanza one pastor fear not the hordes of hell here is Emmanuel hail the Savior the strong foes yield to Christ our shield and we the victors hold the field we have this word fear pastor why is there fear in the world
1: well, because we don't actually trust God's word that he'll take care of us and provide for us in terms of worldly needs, in terms of uh, eternity and spiritual needs, uh, and in terms of creating and sustaining faith, we feel like there's something we need to do, and so we're always striving to do that. And that ultimately is breaking the first commandment where we trust in ourselves a little bit instead of trusting in God. And and when we trust in ourselves, then we know what problems we can have, Right. What if I get fired from my job? What if I get sick and die? What happens if I break a leg and can't work? You know, so these things make us nervous and uncomfortable and they add fear to our life. And so um, fear is a result of sin and and really the punishment for sin, which ultimately is death. Um, and it brings all these unknowns into our life. And I think that's why it's key that Christ himself says so often, fear not, um, and even Uh, here you know the idea that he is Emmanuel he's God with us uh, that kind of calms our fears as well the same way a child who's afraid of the dark isn't quite as afraid when mom or dad is sitting there with them uh, in the darkness
0: fear can paralyze us fear can be used to manipulate us Uh, fear can kill our faith 1 John 1 verse 7 says, perfect love drives away all fear, and that perfect love is Jesus. Uh, The answer or the antidote to fear is Emmanuel, as you said, God with us. Hail the Savior. This is clearly talking about Jesus. The strong foes yield to Christ our shield, and we the victors hold the field. How is Christ victorious over fear, or victorious for me?
1: Well, he's victorious in both cases by uh, taking the full brunt of God's punishment upon himself and dying on the cross uh, and taking our place in that punishment so that we don't have to. Our sins are absolved, if you will, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he rises from the dead and declares peace and comfort to us on uh, uh, Easter morning and promises that he goes to prepare a place for us that where he is we may be also. And so that's the way that he kind of takes away our fears because we know no matter what happens, God's promise is true and we have uh, a hope at the end of it.
0: The uh, Bible references uh, are very, very wonderful, the way it's laid out in LSB. I wish the type were just a little bit bigger, but in the very bottom right-hand corner of LSB 668, we have several wonderful Bible references. Pastor, the uh, first one listed is Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, and I think that ties in very, very well with stanza one. Do Do you have that handy? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might.
1: Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints.
0: Put on the full armor of God. And uh, notice the one thing that uh, is not listed there is prayer. Uh, prayer is a byproduct of all of the things that are listed in that great section in uh, uh Ephesians six that uh, Pastor Moline just read. Uh, as we go into our second break, I want to uh, I want to play stanza two of LSB six sixty eight. Rise to arms with prayer, implore you. And then when we come back from our break, we'll uh, tear apart those words and uh, see what they are teaching us with regard to the holy and precious word. Stanza two, LSB six sixty eight. 95.7 Welcome back to at home in your Hymno Pastor Poppy Pastor Moline episode 49 we're looking at LSB 668 Rise to Arms with Prayer Employ You in uh, when we uh, went back from our uh, last break we uh, heard stanza 2 and uh, we heard that again coming back in from our uh, break and uh, stanza 2 is a, a powerful stanza as well um Pastor, do you want to read those words before we tear them apart? Sure. Cast
1: afar the world's vain pleasure and boldly strive for heavenly treasure. Be steadfast in the Savior's might. Trust the Lord who stands beside you, for Jesus from all harm will hide you. By faith you conquer in the fight. Take courage, weary soul. Look forward to the goal. Joy awaits you. The race well run, your long war won, your crown shines splendid as the sun.
0: Okay, we've got some uh, marvelous uh, word pictures that are brought about here. Cast afar this world's vain pleasure. Now, we've been talking so far about weapons to defend us against the devil, the world, and our flesh. We've been talking about the fear that often seizes or grips a Christian when we think um, about how we alone are going to fight these battles that are before us. And when we don't believe the word of God, uh, the only reaction is fear and trembling. What is, uh, how do the world's vain pleasures fit into this Uh, overall picture that we've been talking about so far, Pastor?
1: Well, our sinful nature loves the things of this world and this is why people strive after money, after big houses, fancy cell phones, uh, you know dressing the right way. It's why people dye their hair all goofy colors right? Uh, Because they want the things of this world. They want people to notice them, they want people to like them and they want um, all the blessings this world can offer. The trouble is is that the blessings this world offers all end with death ultimately and so we might think that having a lot of money or wearing the right clothes or the best cell phone is a good thing. But when death comes, those things cannot save you. You still will die. And so that's why they're vain pleasures uh, rather than, uh, you know,
0: great blessings from God. Vanity, vanity. Everything is vanity. That's one of the translations, otherwise uh, sometimes used meaningless in uh, in the uh, book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Rather than holding on to the Uh, world's vain pleasures boldly strive for heavenly treasure now aside from being a wonderful twist of words to make it rhyme what is the heavenly treasure that we're talking about pastor
1: Well, uh, Christ would say he gives us life and life to the full. Uh, he gives us forgiveness of sins. We have the heavenly wedding feast that has no end, the banquet of, uh, of God and his kingdom, uh, the place where there is no more suffering or sorrow. The sun does not beat down upon us nor any scorching heat, but the lamb in the midst of the throne is our shepherd, leads us to springs of living water, and God wipes away every tear from our eyes. That's the treasure that uh, the hymn encourages
0: us to look forward to. Be steadfast in the Savior's might. How has Jesus, the Christ, our Savior, displayed his might for me, the weak, fearful, trembling Christian?
1: Uh, He displayed his might for you by going to the cross and bleeding and dying, um, and then bestowing that upon you in the Lord's Supper and in the waters of holy baptism, as well as the word preached into your ear.
0: Trust the Lord who stands beside you. What, uh, what's the word picture there that the uh, hymn writer wants us to be thinking about?
1: Uh, Again, I think it goes back to the stanza before where he says, uh, God is your Emmanuel. He's the one with you. He's standing there beside you. And so that's, I think, again, you know, we could probably look at a uh, illustration from the idea of marriage where, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, Eve is created from Adam's side so that she can stand beside him as a helpmeet or a matching set, you know, if you will. Uh, Not from his foot as if she is beneath him and not from his head as if she is above him but rather side by side and uh, that marriage idea Paul takes that in Ephesians and says this all really is about Christ in the church and that's the idea here Christ is standing with us as we face the challenges of
0: this world in the gospel of Matthew we have that Emmanuel God with us expanded and then Matthew ends his gospel by saying I am with you Jesus records Jesus saying I am with you always even to the end of the age that is great comfort for the Christian It says, for for Jesus from all harm will hide you. By faith, you conquer in the fight. Now, what is it that conquers? Is it Jesus that conquers or is it my faith that conquers?
1: Well, yeah, I'm not sure that the the verse is completely clear on that. It does have those words, Jesus will hide you. Uh, Your faith that trusts in Jesus is the thing that conquers because Christ conquers himself on the cross, and he bleeds and dies to forgive us all of our sins. Um, And so our our faith has to have that as its object. Otherwise, it is a faith that is in vain or useless
0: or, or futile even. We have to have faith that looks to Jesus. And that, that is the key. Uh, we don't have faith in our faith. Faith must have an object. And when I saw that line about uh, how Christ will hide us, I couldn't help but think about rock of ages, cleft for me, uh, you know, where we are hidden in thee, uh, that, that word picture that is there. Take courage, weary soul. Look forward to the goal. And again, we've talked about that, life to the full heaven. Joy awaits you. The race well run, your long war won. Now, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about winning the race as well. What was uh, what was Paul talking about? What kind of race are we in?
1: Well, we're in a race that uh, you know. Maybe the simplest way to say it is our life, where we keep on trudging away forward and forward, looking towards to the end goal. Uh, or the end of the race, which it would be our death and then subsequent uh, resurrection on the last day where we'll get to be with Christ forever. And until we get to that last step or that end of the, uh, the race, we keep on trudging forward day by day, moment by moment, uh, dealing with all the challenges
0: of this world. Your crown? Shines splendid as the sun. So I have earned this crown, and I'm going to be rewarded this crown when I get to heaven? Is that what it's talking about?
1: Well, I wouldn't say you've earned it. Again, this is one of the things that we need to be very clear about that, you know, I think you could take this hymn— really wrongly if you don't have a good theological base in that way. The crown that you have is bestowed. It's imputed righteousness that covers our sin. In other words, Jesus does the things necessary, and then when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus um, in in our place. And so that's how we are saved. That's
0: the blessings that we have. Everything is done by Christ. The uh, scriptures talk a lot about receiving the crown of life, but we receive the crown of life only because Because Christ wore a crown of thorns for us and earned that victory over sin, death, and the devil, and we need to make sure that that is uh, always together, lest we think that we have done something to contribute to our salvation. Pastor, another one of the scripture references that is there, very, very great and familiar section from Romans chapter eight, Romans eight thirty-one to thirty-nine. You want to share those words?
1: For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in
0: Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors. In Christ Jesus our Lord. He is the one who bestows on us the crown of life. He is the one who has defeated sin, death, and the devil. Uh, what What a marvelous section of scripture to comfort us in the midst of our worries, our fears, our doubts. Christ is victorious for us. He has conquered, and as we are in him, we are conquerors as well. Pastor, do you want to read stanza three, and then we'll hear that going into our break. Wisely fight,
1: for time is fleeting. The hours of grace are fast retreating. Short, short, is this our earthly way. When the Lord the dead will waken, the sinners all by fear are shaken. The saints with joy will greet that day. Praise God, our triumph sure. We need not long endure. Scorn and trial our Savior King, his own will bring to that great glory which we sing.
0: That uh, last stanza really makes this a great um, end of the church year, advent, Uh, Focus on the resurrection of the dead on the last day. Judgment Day is coming. There are so many wonderful, wonderful word pictures here. And when we come back from our next break, we will take a look at them all. And we'll also run this hymn through the Wolfmuller Hymn Cruncher. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline. Privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We gather each Sunday for divine service at 8 and 1030, family Bible study in between. Wednesday evenings, year-round divine service at 630. Come join us. We use the hymnal LSB exclusively, and we pray that God would richly bless you as you hear the word and receive his gifts. Every service that we have at Good Shepherd is played live on our radio station, KNNALP 95.7 The Cross here in Lincoln. You can check us out on our radio website, thecross957.org, our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org, our YouTube channel, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church Media, and uh, we have many, many programs that are available uh, in the podcast format. Just do a quick search for KNNA Theological Programming. We'd love to have your feedback as well. We're uh, parking the car at LSB 668, Great Reformation, Great Church Militant Hymn, Rise to Arms with Prayer, Implore You. We, uh, We heard the words of stanza three. We heard it going into our last break and coming back from that break. Pastor, wisely fight for time is fleeting. The hours of grace are fast retreating. Short, short is this our earthly way. What is this hours of grace? Imagery that is here.
1: Well, it's it's really trying to say don't put off your conversion to Christianity as so many people do, thinking, "Well, I'll live my life now and I'll have some fun, and then later when I get older, I can spend the time repenting and uh, um, you know getting forgiveness so that I can and be saved." Uh, we don't know when our end is. We don't know when the last day of this world is, and so we can't just. Um, take for granted uh, the time that God has given us here on earth. We need to be faithful the entire way through. Um, Soon, very soon, Christ is coming back, and we need to know that. And it could be, you know, before this is even broadcast on the radio. We don't know. So we need to be ready at all times. Um, The uh, uh, watchman, I mean, this— Wake, awake, for night is flying brings home this idea very, very clear, the same tune, right? The watchmen uh, on the heights are crying because they see Christ coming soon, and they've been watching
0: and waiting, and now that he's here, they're ready for him. So make good use of the time. No one knows the day or the hour. Pastor, do you have that Philippians 1 reference handy, uh, Philippians 1, 27 and 28? Great comfort and encouragement by the Holy Spirit through Paul in uh, the book of Philippians. Earlier in chapter 1, he says, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And so we have nothing to fear in that respect. The next uh, part of stanza 3, when the Lord the dead will waken and sinners all by fear are shaken, the saints with joy will greet that day. What day are we talking about that is joyful for Christians and fearful for unbelievers?
1: We're talking about the last day of this world when Christ returns with the sound of the trumpet and the cry of command and brings this world to its end and raises all the dead from their graves and restores bodies to souls and uh, then takes those who believe in him to their everlasting home and sends those who denied him to their everlasting punishment.
0: There are very few hymns that in a good biblical way extol the last day and the resurrection of the flesh, the resurrection of the dead. And this is one that does this in a marvelous way. Praise God, our triumph sure. We need not long endure scorn and trial. Our Savior King, his own will bring to that great glory which we sing. How will the Savior bring us to that glory? What specifically is he talking about, Pastor?
1: Well, I mean, it's like we say in the small catechism, on the last day he'll raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, What does that look like? Well, he'll return, he'll wake us up, uh, restore us perfectly, uh, and those who believe in him will be carried immediately to the new heavens and new earth where we'll get to live with Christ face-to-face uh, and see God and uh, be at peace and comfort and joy forever, world without end.
0: And in the uh, in the meantime, we run the race of faith. And that last Bible reference there, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, talks about that race. Pastor?
1: Yeah. Um, just a second. got to look it up here. Okay. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable
0: I think, uh, I think that passage, uh, along with the other four that are listed on the bottom of uh, LSB 668, does a marvelous job of summarizing, but there are at least a dozen other scripture references that we've alluded to as we've uh, pulled apart this hymn. I mentioned earlier that uh, TLH has an extra verse, uh, TLH 444, verse 4, or stanza 4, says, Jesus... All thy children cherish, and keep them that they never perish, whom thou hast purchased with thy blood. Let new life to us be given, that we may look to thee in heaven, whenever fearful is our mood, the Spirit on us pour, that we may love thee more, hearts o'erflowing, and then will we be true to thee in death and life eternally you know uh i always think it's some big conspiracy theory when we have a a verse that's uh, a stanza that's not included uh there's first of all there's nothing wrong with that stanza second of all it's dripping with the blood of jesus and uh i wish i wish it was there and it really in a sense kind of ties a ribbon around the entire hymn that we've been talking about and uh completes it in uh, in that particular sense. Pastor, it's been our tradition as we uh, look at a hymn. We uh, run this hymn through the Wolfmuller Hymn Cruncher. Let's take a look. Um, is Jesus mentioned, if yes, in name or in concept?
1: Uh, yeah, he's mentioned in name uh, for sure in the uh, first uh, verse and when it calls him Christ our shield and so I'd say yes
0: yeah he's he's uh the the word or the name Jesus is not mentioned uh although in stanza four that was uh, not included uh the one that's in TLH it is uh clarity is the song clear uh does it use sentences or sentence fragments
1: yeah I, um I think the second verse we had to do a little bit explanation because I think You know, the author did go to the Hala University in the time of pietism, and there is just a little bit of bordering on that. And so if we understand things rightly, I think— it's it's all right. And so I don't know if that we give it a seven or, or, or something like that in that regard, but uh, most of the hymn is pretty clear.
0: Yeah. And uh, there, there are certain phrases that are fraught with peril, like the crown of life, because it has been so abused in uh, so many other churches and so many other hymns. And so you know, I don't know how many stanzas you need to fully unpack and explain that. The uh, that That's just tough. It's tough to use some of those. Mysticism, subjectivity versus objectivity. Is the song about things God has done or about my own emotions and experiences?
1: Well, again, I think the second verse uh, is the one that has a little bit of uh, uh questionable things and that's again because of the pietism there but i think the rest of the song does a fine job at that uh but you know uh that's that's the reality yeah
0: law and gospel Um, law in its sternness gospel in its sweetness
1: i think it does an okay job here um I i think it does distinguish the two um carefully
0: and finally is there any explicit false teaching I'd say there's no explicit false teaching, no. Okay. Um, Pastor Moline, uh, give me a number between 1 and 10 that is your personal rating for this hymn.
1: I I know you like this hymn, so (laughs) don't Uh, don't throw a hymnal at me. You're not going to... I'd I'd put it at a 6 or a 7, probably closer to a 7.
0: Ooh, yeah, that is an ouch for me. I'm going to give it an 8.5. An eight point five, uh, just because of the uh, majestic tune and uh, stanza four that is bloody. That's that, not in hymnal. <laughs> that should have been included in LSB. So uh, if you got a TLH at home, dig that out and uh, check it out. And uh, it uh, it is uh, amazing as we work through these uh, these Reformation hymns and then run it through the Wolf Mueller Hymn Cruncher. The things that you think about with regard to uh, a fun hymn, a familiar hymn, one that you've known all your life—that kind of a thing. And sometimes they fare a little bit better, and sometimes they fare a little bit worse than uh, than you think. We'll be uh, we'll be looking in our next uh, couple of episodes with some Reformation hymns. We want to cap off our Reformation hymn study and uh, looking at the great Luther hymn, "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God." But we've got a few others uh, up our sleeve. If you've got some uh, requests, let us know. We'll uh, look at them. We'll tear them apart and uh, have a lot of fun. And we hope and pray that we are helping you to be more at home in your hymnal. Pastor, I'm going to give you the last word on uh, this hymn and the last word for our program today.
1: Yeah, Um you know take a look at this hymn it's you know learn it uh, think about it uh, and I'm just gonna have to throw it out there too. look at the uh, the hymn wake awake for night is flying which the tune comes from and that's maybe what my hang-up is there too you have such a great fantastic Lutheran hymn um, that uh, when I think of that tune that's the only thing I can think of
0: okay that's fair and we will look at that hymn I promise you in the weeks ahead for Pastor Moline I am Pastor Poppy thanks for tuning in to at home in your hymnal. We'll see you again next time.